Are you there? Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at some things, but I wanted to start in this way. Did you know that for the last 39 years, there is a group that has convened and figured out what it would cost if you were to purchase all the items in the Christmas song, the 12 days of Christmas. Do you remember that? Two turtle doves and a partridge. Anybody remember that song? What was the 10? Oh, I don't know. You're slow. You ready? Okay, you'll know this one. What was the five? Sing it for me. All right. Some of you can be in the choir. Some of you cannot. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yes. So they figured it up. And here's the total cost for 2022. All right? You ready? Grandpas, I know you're going to go out and buy this for, for your family. Here it is. It would cost to get all of those gifts and in, in that number. Oh, wait, wait. Did I say gift? Kids, did you ring it? Don't make your grandma ring it. Okay, be ready. Yeah, if you totaled all that up, it would be $45,523.27. And by the way, if you're aware of inflation, inflation that is up 10.5% from last year. In fact, if you were to purchase the partridge in the pear tree, it would cost you $280.13. Why? Well, that's up 25.8% this year due to the pear tree and the higher price of fertilizer not the partridge okay you will pay 39.1 percent more for your five golden rings this year this is the item with the biggest increase in price for 2022 so the final cost for those rings being what gold is is one thousand two hundred and forty five dollars so you might want to skip that one okay surprisingly though it's the seven swans of swimming that are going to get you. It will cost you over $13,000. I don't know if that includes digging a hole, making a pond so they can swim or what. But anyway, interesting. Gifts. Come on. I gave you a chance to really... No, you don't get to do it a long time, but you do it loud. In fact... Uh, the, your dad right there, do it right in his ear. That's okay. All right, good. Yes. <laughs> Tis the season for many gifts. And let us today remember the greatest gift of all. All right, they got it. <clears throat> A friend told me something recently, and I thought this was very profound. Believers think that just because we do Christmas, that it somehow means we've celebrated it. Think about that for a minute. So today, uh, we want to look at and be reminded that the real reason, the real message of Christmas is not the gift that we give to each other. Instead, today, it is a reminder of the gift that God has given to each of us. It is the only gift that truly keeps on giving, and the gift is our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for a time where we can gather today. On Christmas Day, look at your scripture, fellowship with each other. We pray for those who are hurting today, who are not able to celebrate. Perhaps they're in the hospital or far away. We pray for the lonely. We pray for the ill. We ask that, God, you'd come near. We thank you that we can gather here and see faces that are smiling and the opportunity to fellowship with one another. 
We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's begin in Luke chapter 2, looking at verses 8 through 12. I've entitled this point, A Humble Gift to Humble Shepherds. Way to go. Good job. See, no one knew that this was going to be the night. It was a surprise. Let's, let's pick it up. We, we know about all the traveling that went on with Mary and Joseph. We know the baby Jesus is born in the feeding trough, in the stable, all the animals around. And then let's pick up the story. Let's look at verses 8 through 12. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news. You might want to underline that. It's good news. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a manger. Wow. What a start. What a beginning. Think about the humble wrappings for a minute. Jesus came to earth and he was not born in a palace. You would have think that he would have been born in a palace, but he was instead born in a stable, clothed with rags or strips of rags, really, and laid in a feeding trough. God's great sacrifice made for us, his great gift to us, came humbly and simply. Hmm, think about that for a minute. By the way, those aren't as loud as I was hoping they were going to be, those bells. <laughs> I really wanted someone to leave today and go, why did you give them that? I said, well, next year it will be a drum set, so get ready. <laughs> yeah. We had two drummers in our house. Okay, woof. Yeah. Okay, so think about that humble beginning. Isn't that interesting how God's rescue plan begins to be formulated here on earth? Not only were there humble wrappings and beginnings, it's an, it's an undeserved gift. Shepherding was not glorious work. Let's think about that for a minute. I, I want to tell you, uh, years ago, I, I talked about the shepherds, and a guy got upset with me because he was like, come on, they're hard working. And I'm like, well, that's not the history of shepherds. Back then, shepherds, uh, well, first of all, these, it's not glorious work. They're not working the day shift in this story they're having to work the night shift right and they didn't have good reputations did you know that shepherds in those days did not have good reputations in fact if you think about the nature of their work with the sheep and all that it did something to them it meant that they could not observe Israel's ceremonial laws because they were unclean I mean it was a difficult thing and yet the announcement of all announcements comes to these undeserving folks lowly shepherds and I want to say something to you this morning on Christmas and I say it to you every day that we meet we're just like them did you know that we're undeserving maybe you came in here today and you're just with family and you're going wow I I've never been in this church well I just let me let me just tell you the Bible says that we're all sinners we're undeserving of his rescue plan and yet God loved the world so much he sent the gift Jesus 
Think about that for a minute, if you would. In Romans 5, 8, the Bible says, But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. So it's humble wrappings. It's an undeserved gift. It's coming to these guys. I forgot that. I, I, that's an extra gift I threw in there. It wasn't here. Yeah. But then I want us to focus for just a minute on the gift giver. Normally we take time to think about giving a gift, don't we? Do any of you do that? You try to find out what that person needs or what that person wants. Anybody? Are, is anyone in here a professional stocking stuffer like my wife is? Anybody? She listens to all the words and presents appear in the stocking, overflowing. What happened? Overflowing around them. And they're very, mine were very practical this morning. I got it. Do you know what a splatter cover is? Tell me you know what that is. Put that over the pan, right? Because I said something, I guess, months ago about it. I don't know. And then I got bear claws. Do you know what those are? Because I have a smoker now, and you can get the meat, all right? All right, some of you guys are back there going, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, lots of times when we're wanting to give a present, I gotcha, to, to, to someone, we, we try to get to know them, don't we? We think about it, whatever. Like, I get Lowe's gift cards, which I happen to like because people know that I will go use them and buy something. All right. So I want you to think about that in relation to God today. God's gift of eternal life was planned long before that night, that silent night. Long before that, before Bethlehem, I believe before earth existed, a decision was made in eternity by our great God that he would send forth his son, as scripture says, born of a woman made under the law to redeem those that are under the law. And that's us. What a giver. He is. So then I thought of one other thing as we're looking at the scripture. And that's what good is it if we don't unwrap it? Think about it for a minute. And so what happens is the angel, wouldn't this be amazing to be there? And The angel of the Lord speaks directly to the shepherds. Now I would have found the biggest sheep and hid behind the sheep. But the angel calms their fear with the proclamation. Did you see it? Did you hear it? That today is good news for great joy for all the people. Today, a Savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a manger. What a great amount of good news that comes. And I want you to notice something about this gift. Think about it for a minute. Did you catch the little word there in the proclamation? It's A-L-L, all. I want to tell you something today. I don't know who you are or where you're from or what family you're with. or may, I know some of you, but not everyone. It, it matters not who you are, where you were born, what you have done or not done in life. This gift can be unwrapped by all people. Isn't that amazing to think about that? It is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
Jesus died on a cross and rose on the third day. Not just for me, not just for you, but for anyone who will respond to him, follow the faith that he is giving them, and place that faith and trust and belief in him as the one who can forgive sin and be the, the master and Lord of life. Think about that for a minute. Well, let's move on with the story. This point is entitled, A Gift of Peace, and we look at verses 13 and 14. Look at it with me. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. I want you to think about that for a minute. The way I learned it as a kid was peace on earth and goodwill to men. Now you think about that gift for a minute. Peace on earth, goodwill between God and us. Let's talk about peace for a minute. The Bible tells us that that peace is a peace that surpasses all comprehension. If I were translating the Bible, I would want to say it's a peace that blows your mind away, that is supernatural, that this world cannot offer. And I want you to know something else about that peace that came and is still present today. It is continual. God's peace is a continual action. And it is made possible through the gift of Jesus' life. Without Jesus, there is no perfect peace. Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. For God, and this is speaking about Jesus, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus, and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And know that it is the Father's goodwill to show us how much he loves us. He delights in doing that. And I would tell you this, you can fight it all you want, but God's love cannot be contained. Why? Because it's found in the free gift of himself. That's what scripture says about that. Well, let's continue with this story. Verses 15 through 20. A gift revealed. Some of them are getting tired, I can tell. All right. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven. I, I, how would you be? I'd have to sit down and go, what just happened? What just happened? Now, you remember, they did not have special effects in movies back then. Are you aware of that? So this, they're not used to all these supernatural special effects. And suddenly, it's back to that still night. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. And after seeing them, look what they did. They reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. So the shepherds were told about the greatest gift of all, 
from the angel of the Lord. It's amazing. And what did they do? Did you catch that? I don't want you to miss. Sometimes we get tired and we miss this part of the story because we're big on the stable and the travel and the birth and all that. But let's not miss what's here. What did they do? They hurried to see for themselves what God had told them through his messenger. You see that? They hurried to do that, to see. They didn't doubt. They didn't have a committee meeting, church. They didn't decide to do a study group or anything like that. They hurried to see what it was, and it was exactly what God had told them. So in doing so, they didn't miss out. In doing this, they saw and experienced Jesus for themselves. And I want to tell you today, you need to hurry. In whatever state of life you're in, you need to hurry to see Jesus. Don't miss it. It's an experience that is beyond our knowledge, beyond anything of this world. They saw and experienced Jesus for themselves. But I also want us to note something. They didn't stop there with what had been revealed to them. Do you see what it says? They went and they reported to all the greatest message, this message of the greatest gift of all. Take a look at it. Maybe you've missed that. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this Christ. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. That reminds me, my testimony about seeing and experiencing Jesus, having God in my life, is, is something that no one can take away from me. It's my testimony, and I can share it with others, and usually they receive it quite well. Look, look what happened here, and look what they reported. Now, let me just say this. They reported what they had been told. I like these guys. They didn't go write a book or come up with a... They just simple, and we need to know that. When we talk about Jesus to our friends, our families, to uh, strangers perhaps, to co-workers, all that, we just need to be simple and direct. We don't need to elaborate. What's the good news, guys? We're all sinners. We live in a sinful world, right? We're all going to die. And yet God loved us so much, he has a rescue plan. And it's real simple. He sent his one of a kind, his one and only son, to die for our sin. And he conquered sin and death and the devil and the grave. And he rose on the third day, as the scriptures tell us. He has the power to forgive. And God does his part. He draws us right to him, just like he's doing today. I mean, who would have thunk we'd be here today, right? Look at all of us. And he draws us right there. And he says, trust me. Believe. Put your faith in me. And we can turn to him, and he does the work. He saves us. Now think about that. That's what we need to share. What are we reporting? Exactly what Scripture says. So they reported it all. And then they praised and glorified God for all these things. So I think we should be a little bit like them. I think we should see. We should experience. We should tell. We should praise, and we should glorify, just like these guys did. Well, I want to close in a different way today, and don't put away your pens and your sermon notes, because there's a few more things here. 
but I want to move on to some application. I want you to think about a few things. I read a while back about a pastor of a prairie church who one year, he, the pastor had to direct the children's program on the Sunday night before Christmas. But this pastor came up with this brilliant idea. Have you noticed that pastors come up with brilliant ideas? Anybody? <laughs> Gregory, I thought I'd get amen, brother. Double amen from a pastor over there, yeah. So he had this brilliant idea, and he was especially excited because for the final scene of the kids' production, he was going to have four children would stand and hold up the letters S-T-A-R. And I'm like, that's not a star? What's so great about that? Well, he, he had it. The S stood for shepherds. The T stood for trees. I think he could have done better on that one. The A for angels and R. This is brilliant. Redeemer. Great, right? So Silent Night is playing softly that night. The narrator is solemnly speaking into the microphone, and he's saying, and now four of our children are going to tell you how they feel about Christmas. And on that cue, those four youngsters turned over their cards, which should have spelled the word star. Unfortunately, they had lined up backwards, and what the letters said instead was rats. <laughs> rats. Now let's be straight up honest. In our world, that's the way some people feel about Christmas. Rats. Think about it. Think about what you and I and others that we need to proclaim the good news to. Think about what they have to wade through, the layers they have to work through to get to the true meaning of Christmas. Soaring prices. Anybody out there? Come on, you, the parents with kids should be going, wow, yeah. How about exhausting parties? Parties are fun, but after about the third or fourth one, you're like, really? Yeah. Snarled traffic? I made the mistake of traveling out on Christmas Eve in the truck, okay? How about rush trips? Lynn and I were thinking this morning, uh, we might need some more milk. Where are we going to find milk today? Rush trips, long lines extra chores, some even this Christmas season, bomb cyclones, whatever those are, right? More debt, blown diets, can I get amen? In cold weather. Listen, we as followers of Christ who know the good news of great joy, we must do better. We must always remember the greatest gift of all. Jesus, and we must share it. So let's look quickly at who, what, why, and we'll be done. The first syllable of Christmas gives us the who. What's the first syllable of Christmas? Christ. Thank you. Jesus. Jesus was and is our wonderful counselor. It's what scripture says. Mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He was God in disguise, the incarnate deity, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Scripture says he's the first and the last. That's the who of Christmas. It's Christ, Jesus Christ. The whole teaching of the Bible and of Christianity is that Jesus Christ was and is infinite God himself, pure and perfect and sinless and holy. 
Do people know the who? It's our job to let them know. How about what? Let us understand the what. What Jesus did by coming into the world. We mentioned it last night. I think we did. I'm, everything's running together now. I think it was last night that he was born for only one purpose. That's different than any other tiny baby. We got one right back there. Yeah. He was born to die. And I want to tell you today, the shadow of the cross fell over the stable. Have you ever heard of that? The shadow of the cross fell over the stable. They didn't know it yet, but God knew the purpose that this baby would fulfill. Mm. He's unique in history. What other person do you know that was born for this specific purpose of dying? That's crazy. His coming was planned before the ages began, and in the fullness of time, Scripture tells us, he was sent to redeem those under sin. That's me, and that's you, and that's people that we love and people that we don't even know. That may be across the street or across town or across the world. So the who, it's Jesus Christ. The what, what, what did he do? He came to die for our sin, and why? And that's the greatest question of all time, I think. Why did Jesus come? Do you know the answer to that? Why did Jesus come? We find the answer in two simple one-syllable words. The first word is you, and the second word is me. Why did he come? He came for you and me. He is the greatest gift. Let me read for you John 3.16. I know it, but I'm going to read John 3.16 and 17. Well, just, just get still for a moment and let the words from, from, from Scripture penetrate your heart today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him, that's placing faith, trust in him, should not perish but have eternal life. But don't forget verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Wow. You see, God made us in his image. God created us with wills. Do you believe that? You, you ever had a strong-willed child or, or a person in the family like that? He creates us with wills. He created us with emotions. I've seen some of you smile today. And some of you snarl today. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, he created us with, with wills and emotions, with, with these minds. He made us, he created us for eternity, and he created us for himself. Isn't that crazy to think about? But the Bible is clear that every one of us has failed him. It's like we've been ambushed by our own sinful attitudes and actions. We are separated from him by this sin barrier. Yet God had this rescue plan. And I know I talk about it all the time, but every time I get to talk to people, I will talk about that. He became human, Jesus. He took upon himself the guilt and the punishment of our sins, and he calls us. And today, on Christmas 2022, he calls us to receive his gift by simple faith, believing 
See, God loaned us his son, Jesus, so that our, in our sadness and our grief and our difficulties, we might find joy and fullness in a new and abiding relationship. And I would ask you today, do you have that relationship? Do you have that new relationship? Has your life been transformed by God? Jesus came to die, but that's not the whole story. Hear me today. He, he came and he died to save. That's the difference. And he rose again on the third day. He is the greatest gift of all. Verse 11. Today a Savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. So from Scripture we see that he's our Savior. Well, what does that mean? It means he's our deliverer, our protector, our preserver. That's what it means. He's our Savior. And it's continual. And it's eternal in every aspect. If God saves you, you're saved. You realize that? The Bible says in a couple places that God cannot lie. And he promised that he would save you. And he would hold you. And he would keep you. And you need to claim that. Scripture also says he's the Christ to all people. Well, what does that mean? The anointed one. That's what it means. The giver of the kingdom. We get to be part of God's kingdom because of Jesus. We get to join and be part of the family. And scripture also says there he's the Lord of, to all people. Well, what does Lord mean? It means supreme ruler and authority. In fact, in scripture, it's the highest title of honor to whom one belongs. So think about that just for a moment. He can be the supreme authority in your life. And what I would say to you today is what I would plead with you if you have not to receive the greatest gift of all today, Jesus. Mm. So think about that today in all the hustle and bustle. Do some of you have more stuff to go today? Anybody? We got a, what is it called? Lunch? But it's at three. How can it be lunch if it's at three? And then... My family, well, Lynn's family, you know, I'm, I'm a diabetic, and so they came up with this great idea to go over to her parents' house at 6.30 and have dessert. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But my wife has graciously made a couple sugar-free desserts for me, so I won't be grumpy, all right? Yeah. Whatever you do, whether it's by yourself or with a horde of people, whether it's eating too much or taking a nap, I don't know. Remember, it's about Jesus. And I know you do, you're here today. But tomorrow, let's remember that and tell someone. And the next day. And when we're back at work or back in the neighborhood or back at school, whatever we're doing, we have a testimony to share about the greatest gift ever given, Jesus. Let's pray today. Would you just get quiet for a moment? Okay, uh, kids, if I accidentally say the word gift in the prayer, you don't have to ring the bell right now, okay? That's all right. But as we pray today, I want you to think about your standing with the Lord Jesus. Where are you? God, we come to you today thank, thanking you for your rescue plan thinking that you give us faith 
that we can repent of our sin, we can turn from our ways and run to you. And that you can forgive. Jesus, thank you for your shed blood on the cross and your resurrection. And you have the power to forgive. We can run to you. I pray that people would do that. That we would evaluate what our life looks like. Do we have that relationship with you? Thank you for our time together today. Just to be able to worship you. We're grateful. God, we thank you for your love. It's undeserving for us to receive, but you give it to us. And your mercy, your grace. We ask that you would continue to transform our lives. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.